Hello and welcome to Lawyerish, a podcast for the people. Lawyerish is a safe place to learn, grow, inspire, and be inspired. So come along and ride on this fantastic voyage. Let us go be great together. I'm Brandon J. Wallace Esquire, and I'll be your captain. It's a whole vibe, and I sure am glad you're here. Lawyerish is brought to you by Apex, where aptitude meets excellence. And our Voyage Vibe today is brought to us by Lakeside. This is Fantastic Voyage. It's off their 1980 album, Fantastic Voyage. Friends, I'm so excited about this episode, this season. Welcome to season two, episode one. I'm going to talk to my friend Emily Hubbard. She's an attorney at DOJ. We're going to learn about her simply electric career. Uh, and that's just going to be, it's going to be exciting. We're going to totally geek out a little bit. And then we're going to talk to my good friend L. Wesley Weston. He's created this awesome game that is transforming game nights all over the country. You're not going to want to miss it. And of course, we'll have our updates and duly noteds and, and motivational moments and, and all that wonderful things, that, all the wonderful things that we uh, that we did from last season. We're gonna do them again, but better. So, anyways, let's get right in to duly noted. I missed y'all. Let's get to work. Hey, friends, we are back, and it's now time for duly noted. I want to apologize ahead of time if you're watching on YouTube. You'll see that my background's very different, and so is my outfit. <laughs> I have traveled to Memphis to check on my granny, who just re- recently had, who had surgery last month. Uh, thanks for those who know about it and who have been sending prayers and well wishes. She is doing wonderfully, uh, recovering well, and I am here to help uh, support her recovery process. So continue to keep her and our family in your prayers. She's doing great, though. And uh, we're happy that uh, for the surgeons and doctors who have uh, who are overseeing her care, much appreciated to them and to you. This week's duly noted, it's going to be fairly brief, guys, um, just because there's nothing more important than the upcoming election. Election day is November 8th. All around the country will be having midterm elections. And so I just want to take a a moment in our duly noted segment today to encourage you to make your plan to vote. When this airs, Election Day will be one week away, seven days, seven days uh, before you get to you and I get to cast our votes and make our voices heard in a nation that really needs it. Right. And really needs to hear our voices. And so. I'm encouraging you to make a plan to vote early if you can. If if your early voting is still open, I encourage you to get the you know do do your early voting now. Go vote early so you don't have to uh, worry about being trapped in line or um, other things that come up. The vote is really 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 important. Uh, I would argue to say um, there's not. There's not a right that's more important than the right to cast your vote and to be heard. Debatable, sure. Nonetheless, the right to vote is critical. People have fought and died for our right to cast a vote. And that is no matter what race or color or creed uh, or culture you come from, people died for your right to vote, for my right to vote. 
It would be just a, a shame and a tragedy if we didn't honor their sacrifice and make sure our voice is heard. So do me a favor today. Uh, call someone. Text someone. Uh, post on your social media. Do whatever you can to encourage others to vote and make sure you cast your vote as well. I won't tell you who to vote for or how or what, but I will tell you your voice needs to be heard. Don't sit this one out. Democracy is on the ballot every single time, but in this day and age, I think it's on the ballot more so now than ever. There are forces in our world that are seeking to deceive and deter uh, and even defer democracy. Um, and we can't allow that to happen. So please, 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 please make sure you have uh, you take the time to vote. Uh, vote early. Vote, I would say vote often, but not too often, right? Only vote once. <laughs> but vote often in each election, right? Every election that that uh, we have, I just encourage you to vote. It's so, 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 so important. Without the vote, we are not America, truly. We are not a democracy. So the only way democracy works is folks like is if folks like you and I get out and vote. If you're passionate about a candidate or a cause, I encourage you to get involved. Knock on doors, make phone calls, do some phone banking. This is the time. The time is now. It's not too late. And we can do it. All right, friends, that's your duly noted for this week or this episode. We'll be right back. All right, friends, we are back and it is time for Lawyerish. I'm here today with my good friend, Miss Emily Hubbard. She is the assistant director with the U.S. Department of Justice and an adjunct professor at Georgetown Law School. She served as counsel to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and the Environmental Environmental Protection Agency, where she litigated employment, national security, and FOIA cases. She also served as special counsel to the Boston Public Schools, where she advised and litigated labor and employment matters. She also litigated special education cases and adjudicated student discipline appeals. Emily is a graduate of Boston College Law School and Bowdoin College. She studied in France during her undergraduate and law school career and is fluent in French. Uh, while at Boston College Law School, she was a member of the National European Law Moot Court team and was vice president of the Black Law Students Association. She loves traveling, writing, and spending time with her daughter and husband. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for having me, friend. All right. So that was a mouthful. <laughs> you have uh, lots of broad, wonderful experience. Why don't you tell us how you just got into law, law school? And then I want to kind of talk about how you traversed the different fields and how you ended up where you are now. Yeah, I was interested in attending law school um, after talking to some alumni who gave me some really good perspective on how you can make an impact um, for just individual, everyday people through the law. And, um, you know, being young and sort of being an undergrad, it seemed like there were so many opportunities and possibilities there. So once I applied and got into law school, like you said, I attended Boston College and I actually have a really funny story of how I got my first job. <laughs> 
that's at the Boston Public Schools. That's right. And I think you appreciate this as a fellow Memphian. So at the time I was living in Boston and I was, um, I had just graduated. um, You know, we, I graduated during the time of sort of the big recession. And so um, I was looking for a position and I was driving and Dr. Johnson, who used to be the superintendent of Memphis City Schools and also the superintendent of Boston Public Schools actually came and knocked on my window because she saw my Shelby County license plate. And she said, hi, and I'm so excited you're from Memphis. And if there's anything I can ever do for you. And so I thought, great, there's definitely something you can do for me. something you can um, do, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So we spoke on the phone, I think the next day. And um, she said, if you have an interest in coming to BPS, you know, just give me a call and we'll try to figure something out. So long story short, um, I met with her, I think the CFO, and he let me know there was a possibility of doing labor and employment law. And so you had not really had a plan to to go into this particular field that just that opportunity yeah. just opened up for you. OK. Yeah, I was working um, at a law firm. So my thought was I was going to practice corporate law um, and I kind of just broadly thought I would do some transactional law. And they had an opening in there at that time. It was just sort of the general law office, but with a focus on labor and employment and I was very interested in it, I would say, after about just a couple of months. The work was fast paced. It was difficult and challenging. Um, I was doing arbitrations three weeks into this, you know, new job. I was interviewing witnesses. I was working on assault cases. It was really um, serious and difficult work, um, but also just very interesting legal work and put me in a position where I was first sharing things um, and would have never gotten that experience had I not been working for a municipality. Yeah, and and for first year, for folks who don't know, first year that means you were sort of running the show, right? It was you were yeah. decision maker, you were uh, giving giving counsel, and, and you know, in many ways, the book book was stopping with you. Yep, which was crazy for them, but you know, <laughs> thankfully, I was not rogue and took it very seriously. So just learned a ton about um, specifically administrative law, you know, and a lot of people just go directly into federal or state court. But there are all these administrative forums, um, you know, like hearings, arbitrations. And so I learned a lot about how those work, how the rules of evidence play a role and to what extent. So it was just a really um, it was a great foundation for a very young lawyer. And I imagine that helps prepare you for your next sort of uh phase right of your career you were you know this what really kind of sticks out to me certainly at your at your at your on your resume or in your bio here is this you were counsel for the office of the director of national intelligence uh and epa of course i love epa um uh, i used to work for them myself um but uh, you know this director of national intelligence this is a big job and you're the attorney for for that office is, is that right yeah so um Basically, what I did was after I took the BPS, Boston Public Schools position, I sort of tailored my career to labor and employment. And so going to EPA, I was um, counsel, litigating EEOC cases, Merit Systems Protection Board, other types of administrative cases, and also cases in federal court. And I really took it upon myself to sort of figure out what does a labor and employment attorney look like? Because a lot of people were like, how can you do labor and employment or know it well working at EPA? Um, so I think that's sort of a good lesson about just understanding your skills and how they're transferable. And so Odie and I really wanted an employment counsel. 
they had sort of an onslaught of um, EEO matters, which is equal employment opportunity. And I happened to have that expertise in the federal setting. So I had a great foundation for it. And then that job really stretched me because I had to learn um, other areas of the law, national security law, some FISA, some um, employee vetting. But I also had to learn how to conduct hearings in a classified setting, which was entirely new. And so being in that world, um, I think, you know, was a, I think I was a strong asset for them, but it was also a wonderful experience for me to even further build out this sort of labor and employment expert in the federal sector. So let's unpack that a little bit. All right. I, I'm, I'm tracking you, but for, for some of my listeners here, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, classified hearings. We're talking about like FISA courts, right? Can you talk a little bit about wh- what a FISA court is and, and why we have them in this country? Yeah, so um, FISA was a small part of my portfolio, but basically FISA is the Foreign Intelligence um, Surveillance Act. And so um, it just deals with uh, surveillancing people that are potential bad actors. And mostly with FISA, like you said, there's a FISA court and it's a specific court um, that has not been around forever. It was created, I think, um, sometime after 9-11. So maybe, you know, 20 some odd years Mm -hmm. Um, so that is a very specific type of hearing. There's only certain sorts of information that you can provide. Only certain people can review it. Um, and that same classified setting was transferred to my employment litigation because I was representing the director of national intelligence. So management side and employees were doing classified work. So for example, if you have someone that is challenging, you know, that they were being terminated based on their performance, you have to be able to talk about the work that they did, um, you know, to an EEOC judge. And so we had to do that in a classified way with clear judges. And it's just a different way of operating um, than when you're able to just provide everything under the sun and discovery is not really an issue. You have to be really careful about making sure that anything that you're disclosing is, um, you know, you've been cleared up to that level to provide it, and the judge has been cleared up to that level to see it. Um, and that's a, obviously a very stark difference from uh, sort of a regular court or administrative court where everything's on the record and, and, and it's for the public. So it's a matter of the public record. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so oh, I'm sorry, please go ahead. No, that's it. I'm just saying it's totally different. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. It, uh, the, very enlightening uh, there. I want to get to uh, some of your inspiration, right? How did you, uh, and even now, I, I don't know if you want to talk about your, your current job, uh, but maybe we can kind of talk about what inspires you to continue to to work in the field and, and how that is going for you now. Yeah. Um, so I say that I enjoy being a lawyer much more than I enjoy law school. So if you don't enjoy law school, don't give up because it can get better. Um, I really just, I did not enjoy law school. That's just sort of my reality. Same, same. And um, so when I graduated, I thought, oh boy, (laughs) I don't know how this is going to go. But I have to say, I think really leaning into who I am and sort of what I know I'm capable of has really helped me develop an interesting career. Um, Because my career is sort of strange. It's not just a linear. I went to a firm and practiced labor and employment law and then did it, you know, until now. I've switched agencies. I've done different aspects of employment. I've done litigation. I've done counseling. I've done sort of these weird national security aspects of employment, like 
federal suitability law and security clearances for federal employees. And part of my motivation is internal. It's sort of self-driven by being excited by the possibilities that I never knew existed in the law and realizing that, wow, there's a lot of different work that you can really throw yourself into. But I also continue to be inspired by the people that I work with, um, especially Black women. I just continue to be inspired by their, um, as Kamala would say, the joyful warriors. And it's just incredible to watch so many Black women, especially in D.C., um, care so much about the work, but also engage it from a perspective of just um, this humanity. And so, um, for example, my former boss at DOJ is one of my favorite, favorite people. Um, and one of the things that she would always say is when we would talk about like difficulties, difficult clients, difficult relationships, she'd say, you know, there's always tomorrow. You can try again tomorrow. And I've always carried that with me because I firmly believe, you know, yeah, it didn't go well this time, but we keep trying. <laughs> we keep, you know, we keep trying to make progress. And so um, I think that's, those are two of my biggest um, sort of sources of inspiration. Well, I like that. And I think what you've done also is you answered my last question, which is maybe, Willie, what is some advice you'd give? But I'm going to ask you anyway, maybe there's more, uh, because I like that idea of like, you know, there's always tomorrow, right? But anyway, please, what you know, any parting words? We're running out of time, but I want to hear from you on that. I think that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, my biggest advice is to have confidence in yourself, to look internally and figure out how you can market yourself. Um, law school is going to tell you, you can either go to a firm or work in the government. Um, and there are just so many more possibilities and especially markets like DC, where you can be a full-time practicing lawyer or a quasi lawyer. So my advice, um, whether, you know, law student or sort of in mid career is really just to figure out what do you enjoy doing and, um, find a way to package yourself because most, most times you have enough transferable skills to be attractive for really anything you want. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for taking time to do this show. We really appreciate it. My good friend, my fellow Memphian. Thank you so much. Uh, friends, we'll be right back. All right, friends, we are back and it's now time for our wellness check. And it's simple this week. The wellness check is simple. Go to the water. Or if you're from the South, you might say, go to the water. <laughs> water represents one of the most important things uh, on the planet. We got to go to the water daily. We got to retreat to the water. Without water, life cannot exist. Water hydrates. It detoxifies. It breaks down insolvents. It protects. It cleanses. Well, this wellness check is not just about... A literal go to the water it doesn't mean just drink the water although we certainly encourage that and that we should be doing more of it <clears throat> but it's a figurative thing too it's what is what represents water in your life is it prayer time is it uh, travel is it uh, quiet time meditation is it walks is it exercise we all have to figure out what the water the water is for each of us, and we've got to make sure that we do that daily. Do it daily. When you wake up, do it. Right Throughout the day, it's something that you do. Whatever it is that helps you break down the toxins in your life, whatever it is that helps us get rid of uh, some of the anger or the uh, the the toxic things that are happening in and around us, 
the water helps us to overcome that. <clears throat> and so you and I have got to find out what that water is uh, and do it, be disciplined enough to do it daily. When you're overwhelmed, when we're overwhelmed or stressed or feeling sad or grieving, remember that the water is there to give us life and strength. So today and every day, make a practice of going to the water. Retreat to the water. Go daily for what you need so you can be your best self and show up for the people who need and love you most. That's your wellness check today. Go to the water! All right, welcome back, friends. It's now time for our Apex Highlight, and I am super excited today. We have my good friend, Mr. L. Wesley Weston. He is the founder and creator of Let's Unpack This, a modern approach to the traditional game night. West is a Southern transplant now living here in Washington, D.C., a graduate of the University of Arkansas, University of Maryland, and the George Washington University Law School. He is a veteran of the U.S. Army, where he served for six years as a communications officer. Thank you for your service, sir. Uh, Mr. West is a newbie to the gaming world, having spent most of his life working in politics and the world of music and entertainment. He first came across the gaming world when he obtained his event management certification and project management certifications from the George Washington University in 2012 and 2017. Wes, thanks so much for being on the show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, sir. Really excited to be here and looking forward to this. Excellent. Well, let's get right into it. What in the world is Let's Unpack This? <laughs> uh, how did you come up with it? And why is it a, a modern approach to uh, the game night? Uh, great question. So uh, this all started in pandemic was trapped in a house like everybody else in uh, 2020 uh, when the world ended unexpectedly. And uh, was going through all the games. I was playing Uno, playing Spades, and honestly playing every game that I could find on Amazon. Uh, I was playing these with my little quarantine bubble that I created with those three or four friends. And one thing I started to notice is that a lot of these games, they sucked. Uh, yeah. And they honestly weren't made for my age demographic or honestly for people of color. Uh, so me being the type A personality that I am, instead of complaining about it, I decided to do something about it. So I created my own game. Uh, I started with, you know, kind of shopping questions around, uh, kind of dropping questions here and there, kind of seeing how questions would lead to conversation and things like that. And that's honestly the origin of the name. Let's unpack this uh, because my game. Um, at its foundation, is meant to further discussion, to uh, get people talking about topics, and hopefully at the end of the day, we will get to learn more about each other. Uh, so I would be just, you know, randomly at, at a dinner, at a brunch, and just, you know, kind of ask the question to the table and, you know, honestly, see how people fight and yeah. see how people <laughs> would disagree on things and then see how people would end up unpacking, you know, the reasoning behind answers and things like that. Um, so now we are two years in the game. Uh, we have two games out and now looking forward to releasing our third game in January of 2023. Yeah, that's right. So you've got I know you have the the sort of original version. Yes. Uh, and you also have a, a couple's version, but th that's not the one that's coming out in, in January. You no. So we do have the the original version. Then we have the relationship version, which is red flags, green flags and everything in between. Uh, okay. And then in January, that. oh, we will. <laughs> okay. And it, 
And in January, we'll be releasing our triple X version, which is Intimacy and Ecstasy. Ooh, wee, that's for the grown-ups. Okay. Yeah, uh. yeah that's, that's for the grown and sexy. Uh, or, or it's a hashtag say it's uh, not your grandmother's game. Okay, All right. which is which is which is important, I think, because your other games, uh, you know, the original version and your and the and the, the relationship, couples version, yeah, I, I, you know, they are pretty. They could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could they uh-huh. be a lot, you know. They could be very interesting, <laughs> uh, but it is very much an intergenerational game. Like lots yes. of people can play them. Uh, you know, there's not you can engage a room full of people or yes. just you know just two people. I, I think that's one of the great things about it. Uh, it, it I, so I think it's certainly the game is certainly in line with your original mission because yeah. I mean I've had people at my house playing it and age range from you know you know twenty twenty one to. 70 80 and everybody's playing together and having a really good time with it exactly and that was Um, honestly the point um because as creating the games and creating the cards um i always try to put something in there that everybody can you know understand everybody can uh participate in now some of the questions are kind of geared to the younger generation some questions are geared to you know the millennial age group and then i have some of those questions that may be considered quote-unquote old school uh so you know i kind of Wanted to make sure that I could get I could get a, a, a wide range of ages in there, uh, but I definitely want to make sure that you know people are always having the discussion, always having the conversation. Um, and at the end of the day, hopefully, whenever you leave an event or a function or a game night, you always think, "Oh man, you remember that question that got asked at the game night two weeks ago?" Yes, that's that's what I'm going for. <laughs> that is so funny because I, I've I've done that. That's happened a couple of times. Like I've taken your game with me to other game nights and things like that. I, oh, great! I actually the last one. Yeah, I should be one of your sponsors or or one of your uh, brand ambassadors. Brand ambassadors. Me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. I took it to one of the games, and I remember one that really got the crowd going. Uh, I can't remember the exact question, but it was like, who can you, which singer can you, like, do without? Or who was, like, the... Yes, the which, legend, which legend and all of their works. That's always oh. the, the part of that question that gets people, because it's <laughs> like anything they did, anything they've written, anything they've yeah. produced. And, you know, also another approach to my game is... I know we've all have experienced those games where it's like three or four options and it's always that one really obvious answer that everybody mm-hmm. goes toward. I take those out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, no, all, no, yeah. it's always three like, and you're like, uh Oh <laughs> yeah, no, it was tough. I mean, it was like, it was like, well, I think it was like Patty, mm-hmm. uh, Luther, mm-hmm. Whitney, Stevie. Yeah. And Stevie. <laughs> like it was crazy. Like what? We need all of them, but <laughs> yes. you know, you had to make a decision. Yeah. Uh, you had to make a decision and, and you really get down to, to some of the, the, the preferences of folks and who they Correct. really like and, and yes. what really moves And why, them. why, yeah, why, yeah, yeah, why yeah. are you a, a stark Aretha fan? What is it about Aretha <laughs> that you just stand in it? I want to know why. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. I, I love that. It, it, it really is an engaging game. So uh, congratulations on that. It really is exciting. I'm looking forward to, to the next phase of the next game. But mm-hmm. before we talk about the next game, the triple mm-hmm. X, actually, we probably won't talk about that today. This is a PG, <laughs> PG this is a family topic. show. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's a family show. We're, we're trying to do better on the second season, uh, but, <laughs> but let's unpack the relationship game, uh, the yes. relationship version a little bit. You're talking about green flags, red flags. How do you, how does your game help us sort of expose some of that and get to some of the, the nitty gritty that, relationships often need and don't get 
Yes. So uh, one one I think plus about my game is I always get the uh, people always ask me, you know, how do you come up with the questions? Where do you come up with this stuff from? And I always do focus groups before I release mm -hmm. a game. And I always do focus groups in different cities um, because one thing I've noticed is that sometimes you can get more regional answers. Um, sure. So I kind of, you know, I want to shop things around because I personally can think a question is absolutely great. And this kind of, you know, just this is going to be the one and I can shop it around. And it, it can be a dud. Uh, so I always, you know, I've always tested it on a wide a variety of people. Um, so with, with the relationships one, I always have those questions in my mind that I ask, you know, on a first date, yeah. six months into a relationship. Um, I have quite a few friends recently that have gotten engaged and have gotten married. So there are certain questions that I ask them, you know, like, when do you start talking about finances? You know, when do you guys run each other's credit? You know, things like that. So um, that's how I kind of started with that game with the red flags and the green flags. You have those questions that some people are like, honestly, might find offensive. That's probably a red flag question. Uh, yeah. And then I have, you know, <laughs> I have some of those softball questions in there, you know, kind of ease people into it. Uh, but the, the, the great thing about the relationship game is that it is meant for every phase of a relationship. So if you mm -hmm. just started dating, it's great. If you guys have been together for a while, if you're old and married and retired, it's, it's even for you all. So um, I definitely, definitely really love putting that game together. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, look, I gotta get into a little bit of this triple X game. I, I just got to. I got to. I can't. Can't leave it I alone. Can't I can't. I can't. So, tell us about that. What's the inspiration behind that, and what what can uh, can gamers uh, be be prepared to engage with? Uh, you know, when they get this game. So the triple X game. I definitely want to put a disclaimer out there. This is not the game that you want to pull out at Thanksgiving. This okay. is this is not the game that you want to put out with grandma and the great aunts, because uh, this right here, this this may not be the one for them. Uh, the triple X game is definitely it's a grown and sexy game. Uh, it's definitely meant for the the, the sexier crowd. Um, it's going to definitely push some of those more uh, risque questions. There are a lot of sexual questions in it. Uh, nothing that would be like considered, you know, universally offensive or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I want to know what's your favorite sexual position and why, you know, okay. what, what's the craziest <laughs> place you've ever had sex at? Uh, you know, there are certain questions in there that deal with fruit and, and things in the refrigerator. Oh, and stuff like that. <laughs> so this is definitely, this is, this is the, uh, this is the after midnight game. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to that. So that's out in January. How can people find the game? Um, so first things first, I do have a website, um, so you can check us out at unpackthis.net. Um, you can see the, the commercials we put out. You can uh, read about the origin in the about section. Uh, and more importantly, you can hit the buy now uh, link and it's going to shoot you right over the Amazon. Both of the games available on Amazon, um, the original and uh, relationships and Triple uh, X will also be available on Amazon in January. Uh, one thing I also wanted to do was stick to a reasonable price point. Um, because I personally did a lot of research and bought a lot of games on Amazon and I ended up spending a lot of money because uh, some of the games are just, you know, they're a higher price point. So I tried to stick around the 15 to $20 price point for each game. Um, and, you know, it's available on Amazon Prime. Uh, one thing I also tell people is you talk to Amazon. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that. That's between you and Amazon. It's, it says two days. 
Don't call me on day three. I don't know where the game <laughs> is, <laughs> but That's they're all available. To put out. Yeah. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Okay. Listen, I'm running out of time, unfortunately. I feel like I could talk to you for forever about this and so many other things. Uh, and I hope you'll come back on the show and talk about your law work as well. Absolutely. Your lawyer will. segment. Um, but what I, I want to get, I've got only got time for one question. Um, and, and so I want to get your advice uh, for other entrepreneurs or maybe even your younger self. I mean, you've got a, a, a wealth of experience. Um, mm-hmm. What can you share uh, with you know, your younger self or some younger entrepreneur who's maybe thinking about getting into the gaming industry or maybe doing some of the other, many other things that you do. What, what, what do you offer to somebody who is looking for some guidance? I'll probably say the best advice that uh, I was ever getting given. And it honestly took me a while to like stand in it is you just have to do it. You mm. can't, you can't wait on others. You can't, you can't wait on others to, you know, you know, push you or things like that. People are people are going to question you. People are going to ask why people are not going to understand, but it's not for them. This is your vision, not theirs. So you just have to wake up one day and decide that I'm going to do this. And that's honestly what I did. I put this off for months and months because I second guess myself. I question myself. And one day I just said, like, this was put on me to do. So now I need to walk in it. So the best advice that I could ever give any entrepreneur, any young person, or even my younger self, I wish I had known this, you know, 10 years ago with some of the other stuff I wish I should have done, but that you just honestly have to do it. Yeah. Gosh, that is so good. And that even touches on one of our our motivational moments, uh, I think probably for this episode, uh, (laughs) where it's like, sometimes you just got to do it afraid, right? You you may not have all the answers. You just got to, you got to, you got to step out there and do it and 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 don't be don't be um, paralyzed with fear. And that's we'll Absolutely. talk a little bit more about that. But yeah. I thank you so much for sharing that, my friend. We're gone over time, but it's all right. This has been good, and we <laughs> look forward for to chatting me, with sir. you again. Friends, go please support this uh, this uh, young black veteran owned business. Let's go get it. Uh, let's unpack this. You're showing it on the screen. If you're looking at it on YouTube, put it in the camera just a little bit more. There we go. There we go. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> Thanks again so much, Wes. I appreciate you for being on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. All right, friends. We are back, and it's now time for our motivational moment. And today, I want to talk about overcoming fear. Overcoming fear is the key to success, love, joy, and peace. The road to an abundant life goes through a town called fear. And you can't get to the town of abundant life without going straight through fear. As they say, scared money don't make money. (laughs) And so we have a choice to make. We can choose to be crippled by fear, often disguised as comfort, or we can do as my boxing coach used to say, and bite down on our mouthpiece and give it all you got. Rest in peace, Coach Russell. We got to learn how to do it afraid. Yes, it's scary. Yes, we could fail. Yes, people don't believe in us. But we have to choose ye this day to face our fears, right? We can face our fears today and realize the joy and freedom of tomorrow. Don't let fear speak for you. Don't let fear speak through you. Don't be scared. (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) 
oftentimes we get into these situations where uh, it's fight, flight, or freeze. And many of us are frozen because we are too afraid to move. I've been guilty of this. I've let fear govern for me. I have given this example of, you know, I've had this fear of success, fear of failure, <laughs> fear of what people may think, uh, anxiety. And I feel like I carry that around with me uh, on like a book bag. And it's it's like full of bricks. And each brick is, is a fear or an anxiety or... Um, you know, some something of that nature, right, where I'm carrying this and it's with me 24-7, seven days a week. And as you, as you can imagine, that makes it really hard to show up fully and completely if I've got all this weight that I'm carrying with me. Remember, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. So don't let fear freeze you. Don't be frozen by fear. Push through and get to the abundant life that God has for you and for me. Abundant life awaits, friends. That's your motivational moment. We'll be right back. Well, friends, we've done it again. This is season two, episode one in the bag. Big thanks to my guests, Emily Hubbard and L. Wesley Weston. Big thanks to our social media and marketing, marketing associate, Mr. Marcel Simmons. And of course, thanks to you, my friends, for listening and for watching. Shout out to Lakeside for our Void Vibe today. Lawyerish is brought to us by Apex, where aptitude meets excellence. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Like any voyage, it's always just a little bit more fun when you can bring a friend or two along. I love you with the love of the Lord, friends. Until next time, be well. <laughs>